It's the homage to fromage So join us if you please The homage to fromage Three cheers for cheese! Well, hello um, to everybody again, and we're back. We're back, but we're back with Irish cheese this time, for it is Irish Cheese Month. To be uh, sure. Yes, now we genuinely have an actual real Irish person in the room with us, but don't let that put you off. Well, you've had a genuine Irish person for every episode that's yeah, happened. I know. I know, but just this is more pertinent. Okay. It only matters well, now, Tony. Gotcha. Yeah, now's <laughs> the only time it matters. All other times, it's irrelevant. Um, so it'll be quite interesting to see what you think of these cheeses. We've got... Some very nice cheese from the Emerald Isle. Ireland is a fantastic place for cheese for a lot of reasons, um, mainly because it pours with rain, um, and there's quite a lot of not very much else going on, so there's lots of lovely lush grasslands. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it, it's... There's, there's so much going on, there just is not much. in there's, the rural part, because it's, it's farmland. It, it's a rural place. Yeah, but... In the main. Yeah. yeah. We're really ingratiating ourselves to Irish listeners here. It's it's a wonderful place for cheese, and very interesting cheese comes out of Ireland, and not very many people in this side of the Irish Sea actually kind of know that, and it's a shame because they've got some fantastic cheeses, some of which we'll be tackling today. And um, a lot of apologising to do. And obviously apologising. Um, for, for it's I've done, a, I've, I've done a Eurovision Song Contest thing now. Um, anyway, so moving swiftly on... Um, Again, I'm, uh, I'll just quickly do the introductions. I'm Nick from Homage to Fromage, um, instigator of all things cheesy in um, the Yorkshire region and beyond. And with me today, we have Tom. Yep, I make toasties and, and flinch at certain cheeses. That's what I do. <laughs> and of course, Tony. And I'm Tony, Tony Scott, a renowned radio broadcaster from Ireland, <laughs> Irish man with an Irish passport. Got <laughs> a proud, proud Irishness. Proud around. Irish, yes. guaranteed Irish. Guaranteed Irish, except no imitations. So anyway, so yeah, Ireland, Irish cheeses are fabulous. Um, they're not that well known. There's a lot to explore out there. Um, Ireland's really good for, for cheese for a couple of reasons. First of all, You've got a lot of water coming in over the Atlantic that ends up dropping over <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Just picture it. You've got a tidal wave. Just, hit, just hitting Ireland. And going, it's Jeez. rain. It's rain. <laughs> See, the thing is, is that if you, want to make, if you want to make cheese out of cow's milk, you need lots of grass. And if you want lots of grass, lots of good grass, you need lots of water. Yes. And if you want lots of water, you need, you need a tidal lots of rain. <laughs> and if you want lots of rain, you want to be on the west side of a country on, in Europe, particularly because that's where the, the weather comes from. So if you look at... Any, and Ireland is literally getting battered with rain yeah. on the west coast. So actually, if you look at countries that are um, alongside the Atlantic in particular, they make better cheese. Well, they have great cheese. Um, so you need to be kind of, if you, ideally, you need to be near a big piece of water like a, a sea or a, an ocean to make cheese. That's why, apart from places like the Mediterranean, where it's very dry. So, so you're they, relying on sheep. You're relying on sheep and goats more. So if you go to somewhere like Italy, Greece, it's all sheep and goat's milk um, because they don't have those sort of great, the, the Mediterranean doesn't act in the same way as the yeah. Atlantic in terms of dumping loads of water everywhere. Um, you know, so the West Country of England, for instance, fantastic um, grazing and therefore great cheese. Um, so there you go. So 
Ireland is perfectly placed to make great cheese. Historically, they had a similar kind of problem as um, the, the, the UK in that during the 20th century, farmhouse cheeses died off a little bit and they got quite well known for making very generic kind of Irish cheddar which yeah. you sort of see in supermarkets, which unfortunately, despite the fact that obviously that was a good way for people to make a bit of money and people got to know it as Irish cheddar, unfortunately people just think that's all they do, um, which is a shame because, like I say, they do some really interesting stuff. You see lots, though, at um, like farmers' markets and things like that. What, in Ireland? Yes. Yeah. I know you don't see it over here. That's the thing that you you saying that Irish cheese is not well known. It's very well known in Ireland. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I know we need to think globally because this is a podcast. So, yes. you know, for, to all our listeners in it, Fiji, it has um, <laughs> Ireland is a country in Europe. It hasn't taken off like Kerrygold. No. Have yeah. you started eating the cheese? I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, looking at me. I'm just trimming it. Okay. So while you're chewing, what are we going to do? I don't know. Talk amongst yourselves. Um, <laughs> so unfair. Have you ever had an Irish cheese? I actually don't think I ever have. Um, unless, like, Cathedral City is secretly made in, in in Kerry or something. I really don't. I don't think I have. I think that's made in England. I've had loads of, like, Irish sausage, Irish white pudding, Irish, like, breakfast food and stuff like that. But never. None of which have, has cheese in them. None of which has any cheese in them. Like, they're, they're as far away from cheese but as you can get, almost. You've had pizzas. I have, but I don't think the kind of pizzas I've had in Ireland have been like an authentic sure. sample of Irish cheese. So if I said <laughs> Irish cheese to you, you wouldn't have something pop into your head. Nothing I think at people all. do have that. If you say English cheese, people generally just think immediately of cheddar or Stilton. maybe Stilton. Mm. Um, but if you when say you, French when, cheese, people tend to think of Brie's and Camembert's straight off. When you say that, there is literally one Irish cheese that always pops into my head. If someone was to, oh, tell me an Irish cheese, Cashel Blue is all I can think of. Yeah. So that's a very well-known um, cheese and may well be one of the cheeses <gasps> that we might well be tasting at some point. Ooh. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. But yeah, so the, very the, blue. Oh, the, no. The Irish, it's kind of, it's a soft blue. It's not like a, it's not like a, a sort of a crumbly Stilton smack you in the face blue. It's quite It's creamy. like a spreadable blue. <laughs> it's quite creamy. It's I'm, quite, still, I'm still moderately afraid. <laughs> oh, well, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Ireland had pretty much the same problem. 20th century wasn't kind to cheese production, but then in the 70s and 80s, um, people started to look at other ways of maximising the, uh, the 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 milk yield and turning it into money. And obviously, one of the things was making cheese. And um, quite a lot of great great cheese makers got going in the 70s and 80s in Ireland. And you know, to this day, they produce some of the some of the finest cheeses. Um, one of which we're going to be tasting now. What do we have? Well. Do you want me to tell you what it is and then you can try it or shall, do you want to try it and I'll tell you what it is? What have we been doing? We've been trying it and then you've been telling yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, let's right, so do you want to let's des describe it. Describe it first as, as, as kind of... Oh, it's quite, it's quite bouncy. Yeah, it's quite wiggly, quite flexible. So it's a kind of quite a yellow paste. That's the middle bit. It's not a great name for the middle bit, but that's I keep what forgetting called. that's what you call it. I know. It's paste. I don't think of paste. Paste is grainy to me and this is very, very smooth. So it's quite flexible. It's got a distinctive smell. Mm. It's kind of got the outside is sort of orange and um, kind of with speckled with white. It looks like orange peel. It looks when you, a know, you bit, peel yeah. an orange and the, the the orange flesh inside has got the the white bits on it. It looks exactly like that on the outside. Yeah. The pith, pith. Yes. Then you're taking the. Um, so 
yeah, so it will have quite a pungent. The outside has quite a pungent um, aroma. It's got what I describe as a typical cheese smell. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. Um, but you want to have a have a nibble, have a nibble can on. Can we can we eat the rind? You can eat the rind, and by all means eat the rind. But try the try the paste on its own, and then try them together. That's quite nice. That's not like its smell. No. It's really quite buttery. Mm. Mm. Like with all cheese, as far as I'm concerned anyway, genuinely, it makes a huge difference if you start with really, really good milk. I'd be very happy if that was on my cheese board. Yeah. It's got a sort of a a bit of a tang to it. Mm-hmm. There's a depth of flavour you get. The longer you have it in the mouth, the longer you get sort of slightly different creaminess turns into... Slightly earthiness in places. Yeah. It's even got a little, maybe a little bit of citrus ping to it in the background there. Is it grassy-ish, I think? I don't I've know. never eaten grass. How grass smells, like fresh cut grass. Smells sort of... And all the, although the rind is quite pungent, once it's in your mouth, you just get that nice, slightly... It's very nice. That'd be mm. fantastic on a burger. Mm. <laughs> like, I bet it melts really well as well. Though. Well, we're <clears> going <throat> to find out. Yeah, we need to stop the the whole melting thing. We need to do burgers. <laughs> oh right, does this cheese suit a burger? Mm. We can do that. Um, so I'll tell you what this cheese is. This is gabine. I've heard of it, but I've never had it. That's my oh. first time having it. Well, there you go. Now, gabine comes from a farm in West Cork. Outside the fishing village of Shul, it says. I'm not quite sure where that is. Um, and it's, that is right down on the west of um, Ireland. And where Jeremy Irons lives. Is that where Jeremy Irons where? lives? Oh, right. I didn't know. And that. the lady, uh, what's her name? Angela Lansbury. No. Mm. Yeah, she lives in West Cork. Does she? Yeah. Fantastic. Anyway, so the Gabine, this, the, the, um, the farm has been in the, in the same family for generations. Um, and it's Gabine Farm. Um, and in the 70s, um, I think they were just a basic farm. And at one point, um, Tom Ferguson um, inherited the farm in the early 70s. And it was him and his wife, um, who originally was from Anglo-Hungarian extraction. And they, again, they, they looked at the farm and thought, how can we maximise what we're doing here? And they decided to start making cheese. And they, they've been making this cheese ever since. And to a certain extent, Gabine was one of the first cheeses to come out of Ireland to really kind of catch people's eye because it is quite distinctive it is quite interesting and it's not like you know it's not like they produced a bog standard cheddar this is quite an interesting cheese it's made in wheels i think they do sort of different sizes sort of six inch eight inch ten inch wheels they also do a smoked version which is really nice i'm not a fan of smoked cheese i've had smoked cheddar and it's just too much it can be it's not everybody's cup of tea um but they do a smoked version. They do a lot of smoked food down there. And what they, their whole thing is that they're a very holistic farm. So basically they do this thing where they have herds of cows. They keep pigs. Um, you know, the cows feed on the, on the grass and they make the milk. And then they make cheese from the curds. But the whey, which is full of 
good nutrients. They feed that to the pigs, and then they make fantastic bacon and smoked meats from the pigs. They kill the pigs. They kill the pigs, obviously. Yeah. It's a farm. It's not a zoo. Um, <laughs> but they're specialists in smoking meat, so they do a great range of smoked meats. And it's all, you know, it's all very organic. It's all very... Um, like I say, holistic mixed farming, which I think personally I think is is the future for the the quality of food you get from that kind of production is fantastic, and that's what you're tasting when you turn around and say it's really creamy, it's really mm. buttery. Mm-hmm. Those are the qualities that you get from just really using really good milk. They keep a mixed herd of cows, so they use a different uh, sort of a various different kinds of cows to get the, exactly the right sort of milk yields yeah. that they want. Um, it's a fantastic. Uh, fantastic cheese and i suppose one of the one of the signs that it's good is that they sometimes people some they sometimes run out of cheese you know um at certain times of the year they it, it gets really difficult to get hold of um and that's because it is you know they have a small herd of you know i think 150 cows and you know when they aren't producing as much milk in the sort of certain times of the year then cheese production drops and then if they get a bit of a rush on they run out and that's a good thing in a way um, because it means that they're, you know, they're not just mass producing, churning it out. Um, yeah. This is something that's, you know, very much handmade and, and carefully made, um, and made very much in connection with the farmland that they have. Very good. So there that's you go. Yeah. So that's gabin, which is a lovely, lovely cheese, or pronounced in the Irish way, gabin. Gabin. What did I? What did I say? No, no, I was just put, doing it with an Irish accent. Oh. I thought you were bringing some fantastic insight to nah. that. <laughs> Clearly not. Not, uh, not at all. No. Nah. Okay. That's lovely. That, that was scary at first. You've left the rind. Well, yeah, because it, it... That's where all the calories are. <laughs> that's where all the... Yeah, that's nice too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So when would you eat this cheese? Me, personally? Now. I know now. But um, I think there's a thing... I think that one of the kind of characteristics of the Irish cheese industry is they make what I call cheese that you can just eat on its own for its own sake. You don't have to have it as part of a cheese board. You can just chop into a piece of this. It's great in a sandwich. Great just to eat a, eat a piece of cheese. <laughs> great just to eat as a piece of cheese. Well, I'm leaving that in. <laughs> well, the fact I keep waving. I must stop doing that. <laughs> I keep waving my arms around just gesticulating. It's because we've changed studios. Yeah, it is. We're no longer in the kitchen of dreams. No, we're not. Oh, well, we haven't actually said where we we're are. We're in the apartment of nightmares. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I've, I've uh, since uh, the last episode, since the Duke of Wellington, I've moved and I've taken all the equipment with me. So <laughs> you guys had to come here. Yeah. So now we're broadcasting literally from uh, Leeds City Centre. Mm-hmm. To the world. To the world. But I was going to say, what family of cheese does that fall into? This is a washed rind cheese. So you, they, they curds and whey as per usual, and they make them into sort of wheels. But then they, they wash them in, I think, water and brine and a bit of white wine. That's what I'm getting then. There mm. is that... Um, there's, a note in the back of like a winey, alcoholy kind of taste. The whole business of washed rind cheeses is, um, it's all to do with, um, and I think one of the things that, um, with this particular cheese, what you do when you make cheese, you introduce um, 
a kind of um, culture into the cheese, which which allows it to sort of turn into cheese rather than just stay like a sort of a yogurty stuff. Um, and this culture that is usually um, pretty fairly standard stuff. But when washed rind cheeses quite often attract other cultures to the outside, so you kind of get this weird two-way thing where you've got the insides doing one thing and the outsides doing something else and that's with the washed rind cheese is that that sort of interaction mm-hmm. um and i believe that some of the microbes that they find in gabine are only found in gabine mm. so that, that i believe they have some microbes that are very much their very own wow. and are kind of regional and and you know exist within very small sort of microclimates if you like so everything from like the the the, the area of land where Mm. cheese is is made even all the way down to the bacteria is so specific to the one not even the one country not even just ireland but that one farm yeah it's such a specific thing yeah that's really i mean it's it's very similar in a way to 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 the way um wine works um you know if you're looking at um if you're talking to people about wine it's very much about the terroir the, the land from which the, the the vines grow and the climate in that particular place how sweet that vine how that um grape is on mm. the vine how long it takes how much sunshine it gets is very specific to a point where a bottle of wine from one side of a hill will taste completely different to a bottle yeah. of wine from the other side mm. and it is the same with cheese to a certain extent if it's made in this incredibly um sort of um holistic kind of way where you know they they very much you know rely on the products that they grow and and have in the farm so um you said it melts very well i believe so but i have tom to looks say, too comfy over there I've ne- i have <laughs> i have actually never melted this cheese uh, i'd be fascinated to see what happens when you do from so, the texture i'm guessing it's going to ooze yeah we're i'm gonna, thinking it's, it's going to be, be an ooze delicious it's going to be a delicious oozer but you know there's only one way to find do out. To be, do you want to be carried into the kitchen? I'd love to be carried into the Let's kitchen. Let's carry him now. Here's the, the cheesy, toasty song. <laughs> it's melty. It's oozy. You can't eat in the jacuzzi. So indoors, you must go to let the melted cheese flow. It's cheese. Toasty time. It's toasty time. It's time for cheese. Toasty time. Toasty time. It's time for toasty cheese. Right, we've we've come into the kitchen now. Yeah, so we've uh, we've got enough cheese to cover on the uh, thing, but it's so melt like not melty, but it's so soft. I think I'm just going to sort of squish it into the bread a bit and spread it out some. But this looks like it it could be really good. Bit of butter. This is a new kitchen as well. Oh no! Look at this working. You're getting your excuses in early, Tom. That's the spirit. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so just white bread, nothing special. That's kind of the pure option, isn't it? That's the sort yeah, of... Yeah, I guess. Let the cheese speak for itself. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you're only going to get white bread in uh, these in June because that's all I will stock. <laughs> you're not used to electrical hobs, are you? No. No. Yeah. I like mine give with it, give fire. It, give it 20 minutes. It should be just about warm enough. <laughs> you're not wrong. No, it's, I can see this. It, there's some, there's some bubbling, bubbling up there. That's there is, there is beginning. It's taking its time, but that's all right. Three men staring at a pan that won't heat up. Maybe you're on the wrong ring. Oh no, no comment. <laughs> I think you can hear it starting to really go now. Mmm. Yes. <clears throat> there we go. Listen to it go. <laughs> Sped up fairly quickly. 
like to just warn listeners at this point that if oh, the, yeah. oh I'm seeing oh. browning there's browning oh right I take we have browning we have not brushed any browning agent on it it's naturally is that browning. a naturally occurring browning that's great I'm going to go out on a limb here and basically say that I think washed rind cheeses can be a very very fine toasty filling People tend to go for a cheddar, which is absolutely because fine. Because the paste is, is... They just milk really well. Fat molecules or yeah, something. Yeah, something to do with the, the, the way that the they usually quite... I mean, for instance, you know, your Gruyers and your, your big wheel Swiss cheeses, those are technically washed rinds because yeah. they do wash the rinds on those. And there's just something about the, the sort of... Those kind of nicely flexy sort of cheeses. There's a great cheese from Scotland. Um that is called something I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, hi. No, that you're close. They make, they make a cheese called Minger. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, I love them. They're, they're brilliant. They got it. It's a great story. Cause they got, they got it listed in, um, they got it into Waitrose and, um, then they had loads of complaints because <laughs> of yeah. the name. And they went back to the farmer and who makes the cheese and said, will you, will you change the name of the cheese so we can sell it? Yeah. And he said, no, I like the name. If you don't like it, you're not getting it. So there. Too right. Yeah, but they also make another cheese, which is a big wash, washed rind cheese. It's a, it's, a, it's a large, huge, great, nine kilo mm. sized wheel of cheese. And that's washed rind. And that absolutely, you open one of those in a room, everybody knows. You know about it. No matter it. how big the room is. I mean, we're talking Crystal Palace. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is it's a great melter. Absolutely fantastic in a in a in a cheese sauce or in a cheese toasty. And speaking of cheese toasties, yeah, Tom's well, back from the kitchen. I'm everybody. gonna have to run over there and get you my might, slice. Yeah, you might. Well Tom's kind of he's he's pushed the boat out presentation wise because this time we've cut it into what would we call those? Triangles. Triangles. Yeah, that's the word. We're now on Tom's mic. Yeah. Um this is the meltiest cheese we've ever had. Um this is ridiculous. I'm gonna do a pull, mm-hmm. but just look at oh. Filth. That is mental. So there's one for you there, Tony. That looks very good. I'm excited. Look at that. There we go. Yeah, that's a... That is ridiculous. That is a great looking... That looks apart, doesn't it? It really does. Right, I'm going in. It's almost like a bechamel. Oh, that's, that's really stringy. Mm. Texture-wise, that's... Perfect. And it has got that, it's kind of, for me, I think melting this one has brought out some of the earthy character of that mm-hmm. rind. You definitely know you're eating something that's artisan. Yeah. You know, there's nothing... Uh, Not picked up for two for two pounds. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's really good. Mm. That's one of my favourites so far. Very good. I bet it'd be great on a burger. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Who's making the burger order? Oh, well. Cabin toasty. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. A business. And that's a good, for me, a sign of a really good, I mean, I love all kinds of cheeses, but the sort of cheese I really, really like is when you buy a big lump of it, stick it in your fridge, you can make a toasty out of it, you can stick it in a sauce. You can cut a piece off and have it eat it with a bit of apple. You can have it as part of a plowman's. You can have it as part of a cheese board. You know, even if you, you know, 
if, if somebody extremely posh is coming around, you stick it on a cheese board, it holds its own, its own with yeah. any other sort of cheese. That, to me, is a good all-rounder cheese, and that's what I think you need to be in this day and age. Good all-rounder cheeses get my thumbs up every single time because they're just ticking, ticking all my cheesy boxes. Yeah. Well, my thumb is all the way up. Um, I'm really <laughs> impressed with that. That's really, really good. 10 out of 10 for me. Excellent. Mm. Marvellous. Right, well, he says, swallowing. This brings us to the next part of what we do. Yes. Which is from RG Facts. Is that what you're calling it this week? <laughs> what did we call it last time? <laughs> well, maybe, um... Oh, God, now I forget. It's always good yeah. to have a plan, isn't it? <laughs> what is it? Fact bit. Fact. Uh, we called it something. We did. Oh, well. Um, maybe maybe if you've, <laughs> if you've heard any. one of our previous podcasts, you could write in and tell us what, <laughs> what the hell it is we're supposed to be we doing call now. the fact set. <laughs> That's a great thing to ask listeners. What are we doing? <laughs> but you know, this is this has brought a smile to someone's face right now. If they've got to this end of the podcast, if they've lasted this long, this is pay dirt. Yeah. Um, well, I from our, from RG from RG facts, I don't have one this week. Well, that's just rubbish. <laughs> I'm not sure I've got one. Well, that's even rubbisher. Oh no. So we're gonna have, we're gonna have to rely on Thomas. I've smuggled one in. What have you got, Tom? Hit us with a fromage fact. Well, we all know that macaroni cheese is a fantastic cheese dish. Nah. Absolutely. Nah. Stop it, you. Okay, well, besides Tony, everyone except Tony knows that macaroni cheese is a great cheese dish. And while it is, you know, pasta's Italian and everything, you, the earliest traces of macaroni cheese as a recipe are found in two places. In an Italian cookbook called Libera de Cochina mm-hmm. um, from the 14th century, Bloody and then up. a medieval English cookbook, also in the 14th century, called The Form of, of Curry, or Curry, I'm not too sure. And it's basically just, you, you make a thin sheet of dough, uh, carve it into pieces, boil them, and so pasta, basically, and then just cheese and butter on the top. And that's based, the most basic, old-fashioned version of macaroni cheese there is. Yeah. It's um, the English one. The Italian one is the same, but with Parmesan instead, just Parmesan. Hmm. But with, um, I, I'd imagine this would have been, I don't know, Middle English cheese. Might yes. have been... Cheddar, probably. Cheddar. Some sort of cheddar or Cheshire or Lancashire-type so, yeah. cheese. So, so yeah, because go. there is this big, um, you know, speaking of trendy trendy stuff, um, there's this thing that's been going around on um, TikTok, the, um, the TikTok feta cheese and cherry tomato pasta recipe. I've seen that. It looks amazing. It does look good. We tried um, it. We, we did it. Tony, didn't we have that the other week? No. <laughs> we did. We had um, a baked feta and tomato pasta. We we had that. I wasn't there. Maybe you weren't there. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. I mean, cheese and pasta go very well together. Mm. Very, very well. And speaking of Parmesan, my, my fun facts, I've got a couple of Parmesan facts for you. Oh, I do love a Parmesan. Wheeling out the Parmesan facts? Yeah, a couple of Parmesan facts. Parmesan is, is a lovely large wheel of cheese made in, in Italy. Um very, very carefully protected. Um, and two fun facts. One fun fact is that uh, just before the fire of London, the great fire of London, Samuel Pepys, the diarist, um, buried his Parmesan cheese in the garden to protect it from the flames. And, and it was there when he got back. Um, and Parmesan is so highly valued, it's actually used as collateral for bank loans in Italy. Yeah, so you can kind of mortgage your cheese collection. That's a thing. So there you go. And Tony genuinely doesn't have any I cheese do. facts. I oh, do. he's got a cheese fact. Oh, well done. I do. Thank you, Google. 
<laughs> yeah, Nick, you just did yours just off the top of your head there. Nothing in front of you. Yeah, nice. yeah thanks for that, Tom. Yeah. And now over to, to, to Tony. Uh, did you know, because it's Irish Cheese Month, of course. Um, of course. That there's a common misconception that the Irish were late to the game of cheesemaking. Oh. In reality, Irish cheesemaking has been around for over a thousand years. Irish cheese made a big comeback in the 70s, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why it's often mistaken as a late start. Yeah. That's a good point. Now, that reinforces what we were saying earlier about um, Gabine being one of those very mm-hmm. cheeses that was sort of late 70s, early 80s. And, um, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you, you, cheese... The problem with cheese and working out where it started is that cheese is older than history. I mean, we know cheese was made at least 5,000 years ago um, because they found um, stone... Dairy Lee. <laughs> stone triangles in the shape of... Oh, my Dairy. God. <laughs> no, not Dairy Lee. Um, they found um, containers, stone containers with small holes drilled in them that quite clearly were used for separating curds and whey. Uh, they know they those are at least 5,000 years old. And not just know, a random colander. No, no, no. They were, they were, they're, they're cheese molds. They're, they're made, they, they oh. quite clearly, um, that's what they, they've been used for. Um, so, um, you know, cheese probably came, you know, we were hunter gatherers for a while. There was no cheese involved in that. Um, because we, you, you didn't have, the, 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 there was no processing of food. You just found it and ate it or you didn't and you died. Um, <clears throat> And then, of course, when we sort of started keeping domestic animals, the first domestic animals we probably kept were possibly sheep and goats. And, you know, sheep and goats produce milk and milk turns into cheese quite readily. So, um, you know, cheese was probably one of the very first kind of production, food production things that we ever did. And that would have been happening many, many years before um, written history. So we don't really know what the origins are. It's 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 a cheesy mystery as to actually where it comes from. I will have more cheese facts about Ireland next week. Fantastic. Okay, well, just to sort of wrap up, because we've been wittering on, um, you know, obviously uh, do tell all your friends about our lovely podcast. And they can join our Patreon now. You can join our Patreon and and send us money for cheese. Um, There there is is literally literally on cheese. There is literally one that is just called donations. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) That will be it. The cheese fund. Um, So there's that. Um, Do follow us on Facebook. Look us up on homage numeral two fromage. Um, And also on Instagram at homage to fromage UK. Um, Get in touch. Tell us. Ask us cheesy questions. Tell us your favorite cheese. And generally any interesting stories you might have about cheese. I have two shout-outs, by the way. Oh, great. Uh, to uh, Tom, not this Tom, mm-hmm. to a different Tom who's a big fan of the show. Cool. Uh, who asked for a shout-out, and he said if I shout him out, he might join the Patreon. Fantastic. And to Dave, uh, Dave is a gentleman's hairdresser. Mm. Uh, Dave liked the old way we used to call our podcasts by alphabet, and uh-huh. uh, so this episode is episode G for Jen's hairdressing. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, So, yeah, so that's it for this time, and we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Goodbye.